Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with consultant, content, marketing expert, and founder, Tom Brewage. He is a digital marketing pioneer who founded the email marketing software and services company, MarketVault, in 2001, before most business people had even heard of email marketing. Today... Coaches, consultants, and other experts hire Tom to power up their stories because most dish out the same old boring content that turns off prospects, and then they feel frustrated and stuck. So he helps transform content from boring to brilliant, turning marketing from frustration to fun, and converts results from pitiful to profitable. Enjoy this interview. Great to meet you. Thank you so much for, for, I mean, you're in St. Louis. I'm in Kansas City. We're kind of here in the neighborhood. So thanks for taking a minute out. And I want to begin everything with COVID. The last three and a half years was quite a quite a deal. How did yeah. you get through it and how did it change you? And you had mentioned that you've been hosting along with your business. You've been hosting concerts. Kind of talk to me a little bit about all that. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll start with the business part of it. I had for 19 years owned and operated a, an email service provider company, email software to to create, deliver, track campaigns and an agency that I'd built around that. I sold the software company at the very end of 2019 and transitioned into my current business, Story Power Marketing, at the very beginning of 2020. And uh, so I was met with COVID at a really interesting time when I was ramping up a new business. And the way I coped with it is to really remind myself of a, a critical mindset mantra, really, that that. I had come to adopt many years earlier, but you always have to remind yourself, and that is focus on the things that you can control. Yeah. And um, during COVID, especially in those you know first many months, I think everybody felt as if things were out of control. So much that was beyond their control was weighing down on everybody in their personal lives and their business lives. And for me... I recognize that, well, I'm not going to be able to do some of the things that I intended to do March, April, May of 2020, but I am going to be able to focus on putting things in place that I can control. And I began to build the business and focus on things. You know, um, Michael Gerber, The E-Myth Revisited, great, great book where he talks about the distinction between working in your business and working on your business. And what really COVID enabled me to do uh, was to spend more time focusing on my business because some of the things I wanted to do in my business simply became impossible, at least in those first several months of COVID. Yeah. Interesting. So talk to me a little bit about hosting this concert series that yeah. Yeah. went away prior to this, went away yeah. because of COVID. So music is a great love of mine. And um, starting in 2017, I began to work really as a, as a concert producer. Uh, I love to go to house concerts. The notion of a house concert is somebody brings an artist into their house, invites friends who may be on an email list, 30, maybe 50, maybe 60 people can squeeze into this house and hear the artist. I began to have uh, concerts that I called warehouse concerts because they were actually in a space that used to be a warehouse that had been turned into a kind of a black box theater space. And starting with a surprise birthday party for my wife back in 2017, I hosted my first concert in this space 
we turn that warehouse space into a giant living room, sofas, comfortable chairs, potluck meal for the people who attended the concerts. And uh, we did that for roughly three years until COVID shut us down. And uh, we had a, a great concert scheduled for April of 2020. COVID shut that down. And we uh, we now are just beginning to look for a different space because COVID shut down. Uh, they sold the building where yeah. I used to have this warehouse uh, concert. But you know the the business of running the concerts, interacting with artists, uh, uh, organizing the event, marketing the event. There is so much that I experienced and and really in many ways learned that have instructed my you know business life. This was this was more a hobby business or a labor of love, but the work that I did with the artists and, and drawing people into the concerts and now going out and looking for a new venue. All of that instructs my life as a business owner and a, and a business teacher. So let's say you get in front of a bunch of third graders and it's career day. And one of the kids looks up and says, what do you do for a living? How would yeah. you explain what you do? I help people tell stories so that other people want to hire them. That's okay. a simple way. That's the simple way of putting it. Yeah. Um, the more the more complex way is that coaches and consultants, anyone who's packaging their expertise for sale to serve clients, authors, so forth, I help them transform their content from prospect repelling to client attracting. Because so many people out there who are sending emails or social posts or creating videos. They're dishing out information, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you what I know, kind of information-only content. And prospects tune out and move on. It's repelling. And yeah. I help them add creativity and stories and make their content captivating so that prospects now are tuning in, turning on, and asking for these people to tell them more so that ultimately they can be the go-to person who gets hired. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. When I was in the third grade, I probably was dreaming of being a shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up, I, I was born in the mid sixties. So I had my, I had my astronaut phase for sure. Uh, but I think by the time I was in third grade, I was, I was over the idea of flying to the moon and, uh, I was definitely into sports and, and definitely was, was thinking about, uh, you know, being a, being a shortstop for the, the Cardinals, uh, never quite made it. So if you could go back in Cardinal history and see any game, any event with your own eyes, what would you love to have seen? Wow. Great, great question. Um, there. So back in the, in 1967, they won the world series, Bob Gibson, Lou yep. Brock, all these great, great players. They won the world series against the Red Sox. I would have liked to have been there for that in, uh, but but I also think seeing Stan Musial play. Stan Musial was really one of the all-time greats. And I think it was, I, I don't know what year it was, but there was a doubleheader where he hit five home runs in, in one day. Wow. <laughs> in a doubleheader. And to be witness to that would have, been, would have really been something. Yeah, for sure. So who's been a hero for you in your life? 
Wow. Lots of them. Um, I'll start by, by saying my father, um, my father was a great guy, taught me a ton and he passed away on my 25th birthday of colon cancer. He was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and was dead nine months later, right at the point, just after he had bought a new business after having a long career in one business. And uh, the dignity and grace with which he dealt with that uh, was, was astounding and still touches me and influences me today. And in many ways, the things that I heard about him when we were in mourning, um, I remember my mom's mom saying to me that, that your dad, the thing I loved about your dad, she said, was that when you were talking to him, he made you feel like the most important person in the world. And that has, uh, that has stuck with me. It was one of those moments where she said that I was like, wow, she's right. And, you know, I just thought I got that because I was treated that way because I was his son. Yeah. And uh, no, that's how he was with all people. And that that's something I've carried with me ever since. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Wow, that's a good one, too. Um, you know, um, I have mixed feelings about this guy. And it would be a, a tricky conversation because he's his interpersonal skills aren't great. But I would love to sit down with Elon Musk. I have a lot of questions I want to ask Elon Musk. And uh, um, I'm fascinated by him. I think in many ways he's done many great things. Um, I There are many things about him that terrify me. Um, he, he has his hand on, on very important and powerful levers. But um, he he's... He's one of those guys alive right now who um, we're going to be talking about, you know, 100, 200, 300 years from now. Oh, easily. Whoever is around to have the talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what is your motivation every day? What gets you out of bed? What gets you to accomplish what you want to get done and to run the business the way that you want to? Yeah, at, at, at the heart of what I do, I'm a I'm a teacher and a helper. So I am teaching my clients how to achieve breakthroughs right out of college my work uh for two years right out of college was as a teacher and then i was a newspaper reporter which in many ways is about informing and teaching and helping people understand so what gets me out of bed is the fact that every day i'm able to work with clients either in one-to-one setting or a group setting where they have epiphanies, they have breakthroughs, they um, they tell me that something now is much easier and much more comfortable for them than it used to be. Or this, this thing that they created and sent is uh, impacting the bottom line in ways that they never imagined. And that, that feeling of, wow, you know, this person is you know, uh, happier. It's their, their work is easier. The, the outcome of their work is better. All of that really floats my boat. So what's your, what's been your best success story? One that always puts a smile on your face professionally. I'm going to throw a little curveball. go back to the, the baseball metaphor. Yeah. Um, when I ran the, the email marketing company, um, I had really, really good 
employee retention in that company. And so I had people who stuck with me for many, many years over that time and raised families. So I was just, uh, I just went to the St. Louis Blues hockey game last night with one of the guys who worked at that company and he has four children, some of whom were newborns when he was working for me. Now they're in high school. And I learned this actually from a good friend of mine who was a partner in that business. He ran the software company that built the software that we used at this email marketing company. And every year at the holiday dinner for that software company, he made a point of toasting by name all of the children of all of the employees and the spouses. And and I, I really believe I learned this from him that he described running a business as helping to raise families. Yeah. And I found that to be a really profound and and great thing and I view my work especially in the company where I had a lot of employees. I don't have as many employees now. I have contractors in my current business. But I view as one of my greatest successes running a company for 19 years where I had a lot of employees and we raised a lot of families. That's wonderful. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give uh, that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained throughout all these years. What advice would you dispense on that younger version of you? Oh, wow. Um, so I'm going to answer it two ways. The, fir- the first way is um, I, I'm not going to name her, or I'll call her Mary okay. for the purpose of, of this. Um, um don't call Mary again. That would be the first piece of advice that I have for 20-year-old me. <laughs> I didn't figure that out until I was about 21. And, oh, man. <laughs> you know, so don't call Mary again. That's that would it. be the first thing. And <laughs> but, but the more serious advice would be to, to, to focus more on the inner game to work on mindset. So when we're young, and and this is a lesson I didn't really learn until I was in my 30s even. Um, When we're we're young, we think we know it all. And I I tell this story when I talk about mindset and the working on the inner game, I mentioned that I grew up in uh, watching Saturday Night Live. And one of my favorite characters on Saturday, Saturday Night Live was Al Franken's depiction of this character called Stuart Smalley. Oh, yeah. And Stuart Smalley was a self-help guy and he was a a joke. (laughs) And (laughs) and um, I truly remember might not have been when I was 20. It was probably when I was in, you know, sort of in in my professional work. Some mentor of mine advising me, hey, you know, you ought to begin to think about, you know, breathing and meditation and mindset work. And he, he was advising me to begin to focus on this. I was stressed. He probably saw something in me that, that suggested I needed to do it. And I remember thinking, uh, I don't want to do that Stuart Smalley crap. And it took me a long time to get over that. And very recently, I was having a conversation with my 26-year-old son where I shared that story and I was saying to him, you know, Working on mindset, managing your stress, being able to overcome setbacks and have the fortitude and the resilience to do that is the most important skill you can develop. Learning the technical stuff of whatever industry you're in, that's great, but 
working on mindset, building resilience and grit and all those things and developing it as a habit and a practice is the most powerful thing that that I finally learned. I sure didn't know when I was 20. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. of all the things that you've done and accomplished in your life, what are you the proudest of? Uh, my family. Yeah. I mean, in the end, that's that's it. I love bragging on my 26-year-old son, Jake. I love bragging on his twin sister, Maddie. I love bragging on my wife. Um, I love uh, the fact that that we have a tight extended family and, and that we have beautiful moments at crowded tables, friends who want to be with us. And uh, all, the, all the rest is really just uh, serves, uh, serves that core purpose. That's, that's yeah. what I'm here to do. So at the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's yeah. your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Well, I'd like to think that that I've grown into also being that guy who, when you're talking to me, uh, you feel like the most important person in the room. Um, I My perception of myself is that on one hand, I'm dedicated and focused and a smart businessman who can get stuff done but I always operate with kindness and heart. Uh, I have a lot of people say to me that, you know, Tom, I love your heart. And, and that, that's what makes me proud. And, and uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll own that. So if you could see any event in human history with your own eyes, what would you love to have been at to see? Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one. Any event. Um, so many. Um, yeah. <laughs> so many um you know i love i love the picture in times square of the beautiful woman kissing the stranger soldier yeah uh, sailor whatever it is um and they're celebrating the armistice yeah um and and there's so much powerful symbolism in that um and I, I wouldn't mind being standing on top of a, a building at Times Square and seeing that moment where basically it is a sea of people. Yeah. All just just in a state of, of complete and utter careless joy. Yeah. Um, because the war is over and and you know especially today when the world is on edge and there's so much pain and suffering and worry about what next yeah um that feels like a moment that i could uh, i could sink into right now that's a great moment that's a great way to ride into the sunset tom if anyone wants to reach out learn more about you anything about your world where do they go they should go to storypowermarketing.com. Storypower Marketing, all mushed together, no dashes. Storypowermarketing.com. They can sign up for my uh, emails. They can get some free resources. They can learn all about what I do uh, to help my clients create powerful, captivating content. Excellent. Tom, thank you so much for your story. Thanks for your time. Best of luck with everything. Send my best to St. Louis. 
Uh, thank you. Enjoy Kansas City. Take yes. care. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. 